Proverbs 10 verse 1, these are God's words. The Proverbs of Solomon. A wise son makes a glad father, but a foolish son is the grief of his mother. Amen. This ends this reading of God's inspired and inerrant words. One of God's prophecies about Solomon uh, to David in uh, 2 Samuel 7, one of the ways in which Solomon would prefigure Christ, uh, is that God would have a special adoptive relationship with Solomon uh, that prefigures Christ's not adopted sonship, but Christ's only begotten sonship. Uh, And so there is something in the fatherhood of God that is actually reflected in the fatherhood of all good fathers. And there's something in that sonship into which Jesus brings us uh, that is reflected in the sonship of all good sons. Uh, And so uh, there's something here for believing fathers and mothers uh, that reminds us where our children's sin has come from, where our children's folly has come from, especially uh, describing sin as uh, folly in the book of Proverbs as failing to acknowledge God. Although they knew God, they did not acknowledge him. They did not glorify him as God or give him thanks. Uh, And so in a home where the dad is not knowing and glorifying and thanking God and the mom is not knowing and glorifying and thanking God, one of the things uh, that we see is children who do not know God, who do not glorify him as God, who do not give thanks to him as God, even if his name is used, even if his practices uh, are followed, uh, yet uh, the folly uh, passes on from generation to generation, and as we see uh, our children uh, being uh, living ungrateful lives, unhappy lives, undisciplined uh, lives, uh, we are grieved. Uh, uh, we are at least grieved because uh, those things bring misery uh, into into the home or increase the misery of the home. Uh, but a thoughtful, theologically aware, spiritually aware parent is grieved because he knows that the sinfulness of the child was from him and uh, the failure to uh, live in the knowledge of God and dependence upon him through the means of his grace has resulted in uh, not seeing the, the children converted by that grace and therefore continuing in their folly. And so a father and uh, a mother read Proverbs 10, verse 1, as both a uh, warning from God, uh, but also a blessing from God. Because uh, that which is described here is not the uh, first, the foolishness of the son who brings grief to his mother, but first named is the wise son who uh, brings gladness to his father. And of course, he brings gladness to his mother as well. In the first half of the verse, uh, just as the foolish son doesn't bring grief only to his mother, but he brings grief also uh, to his father in the second half of the verse. And so there's a reminder uh, here that grace does work, that God has appointed parents uh, as his servants, uh, that when they use the means of God, they'll use the means of God's grace, that the God of grace graciously works 
through those means to provide that wisdom, to produce that wisdom, uh, which of course is a lot greater gladness than accomplishment. Uh, the gladness of accomplishment would be gladness of pride and success, uh, but the gladness that uh, that Proverbs ten verse one is describing isn't just a fruitfulness that comes from our faithfulness. Yes, the Lord uses the faithfulness that He gives us, but it's He who gives it. It's the fruitfulness of His faithfulness. It's His power and His mercy and His faithfulness that have brought about a wise son, a wise son from a sinful father, a wise son from a father who started out in folly, a wise son who himself started out as a fool. How did this happen? It happened because the God whose glory we had denied and rejected in our folly and from whom we deserved wrath has instead in mercy and forgiveness given a salvation in which he converts us to himself. And he gives us faith, and he gives us then the wisdom of knowing and glorifying God. How great is the gladness of the father and the mother, who not only see this knowing of God in their children, but who know that this knowing of God came by God's mercy, by God's grace, and that our instrumentality, or that the parents' instrumentality, is something that has been appointed by God and has been a privilege. It's not that uh, it's unimportant or unmeaningful. No, God is the one who has put the parent in that place and designed it this way. And so that ought to be a motivation to uh, knowing God ourselves and knowing his grace and knowing his glory and using his means uh, because there's this promise of the gladness that comes. Not only because God has done it, but because he's given us a place in doing it. There's also a motivation here, then, uh, for children. Uh, it, is not, it is not necessarily emotional manipulation for uh, a father to say, make me glad, or a mother to say, make me glad. Now, if you take God out of the equation, then it is emotional manipulation. Then you would say, I... Yeah, I should be the center of your existence. Look at how sad you've made me. Look at, uh, look at how miserable you, you've made me. That is very different than saying, you know, God who gave me to you and you to me has promised me a, a gladness that will come as he works in your life. And I continue to wait on him and grieve uh, for the lack of that gladness. And God who gave me to you and you to me has given you in the fifth commandment this motivation to honor your father, to honor your mother, uh, that you should care about pleasing me because you care about pleasing God. And part of honoring him is to honor me. And part of honoring him is to honor your mother. And so it should matter to you whether you are bringing the biblical joy that is promised to your parents by God's blessing upon his means in their hands. And even if they're not using his means particularly well or employing his means particularly faithfully, then you still hope that God will work beyond the means and he's able even to work apart from the means. 
But the fifth commandment teaches you that you should want to bring gospel joy to your parents by the difference that God makes in your life, in your heart, in your mind, in your behavior. That you would be a God-knowing, God-trusting, thankful, joyful person. Not just for God's sake, although that is first, that you would glorify him. And not even just for your own sake, although that is second. That your relationship between yourself and God would be the greatest relationship. So there's not only the desire for what it does for God, but the, the place that you're trusting him and thanking him and loving him, knowing his love for you, serving him, living in that, living in that wise way, living in that skillful way, the difference that that makes in your relationship between you and the Lord. Uh, but even as another motivation, that seeing that and being a beneficiary of it would be one of the ways that you honor your parents. That's a right motivation. Uh, even if a parent were to use it the wrong way, that doesn't mean that the right way is somehow negated. Uh, and uh, each of us should have, I still have, uh, in fact, probably more now than at any other time in my life as God has matured me, each of us should have that crying out of the heart, Oh God, help me to know you and love you and walk with you in a way that brings blessing to my father, that brings blessing to my mother, that they would be able to, to see what you have done in my life and that my mom and dad would be able to say, look at what God has done for me. Uh, this is something um, I think some of you maybe who uh, remember the beginning of John Payton's autobiography and the desire that his godly dad uh, would receive as a blessing from the Lord, uh, the difference that the Lord had made in his son, John. Uh, but we should want to make glad our father in the first part of the verse. Uh, and uh, we should be chagrined. We should hate the idea that we would be a grief to our mother in the second part of the verse there. So let's pray and ask the Lord to help us. Our gracious God and our Heavenly Father, we praise you for the announcement from heaven that Christ was your beloved Son with whom you are well pleased. We pray that in him you would not only make us to know ourselves as beloved, but to love you who have first loved us, and that you would not only be pleased with us for his sake, but that by your Spirit applying him to us, we would live in a more and more pleasing way unto you that we would be wiser and wiser in the Lord Jesus. We ask, O oh God, that you would help us to be mindful uh, of our parents and the fifth commandment, that you would uh, make us to be sources of gospel joy uh, unto them, uh, not that their self-pleasure uh, would motivate us, but that their delight in you on account of us would motivate us so please help us, O Lord, and I pray for myself, my wife, and for these children when they come to be parents, that we would look for the fulfillment of the promise of that gladness, even as we depend upon you in using your means. We pray, O Lord, that you would help us 
because it is not only the cares of this world uh, that threaten to choke out the good seed of your word and the plant that comes from it, but also the pleasures of this world. And there have been many other comforts and many other pleasures that we have sought instead of the gladness that your word promises in so many places uh, and this part of that gladness that your word promises in this place. And so help us, O Lord, to seek after that joy that is in you, which we ask in Jesus Christ's name. Amen.